there are stories about what happened. It's true. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Canon Podcast. I am your host, Brian Miller, and I'm so glad you've decided to join me to talk about our favorite thing in the world yet again, Star Wars. And guys, I can tell you right off the bat, this is going to be a little bit different than what I used to do uh, with the podcast. Still in the same booth, uh, same location and everything, same equipment, uh, same me, but uh, I've, I've changed things up a little bit. I don't have the computer in the booth anymore. Uh, for those of you who are watching the video version of this, I don't have the computer in here anymore. Uh, it keeps it a little cooler in here, a little quieter, so you don't have the fan in the background. The computer's right outside the door now, so I was trying to set this up a little bit differently so it was just a recording booth. And, you know, staring at the screen all day long was was wreaking hell on my eyes. And, uh, it, it, you know, it, I feel like it makes more sense having it out there. And I got a little more room in here now, too. And I'm going old school. For those of you who are watching, I actually got actual, I mean, ink and paper now. So, Instead of staring at the screen. So we're going to do this the old-fashioned way. Plus, uh, Kirsty is getting ready to start her own uh, art project. Uh, her own, I guess you could say, I don't want to say, well, she's going to do a blog, but she's also going to start selling some of her photography and stuff like that. And, and she's going to be using our computer more. So I didn't want her having to sit in the recording booth the whole time she's working on that. I figured we'd just have it outside the door and make that the office and just have this be my booth. So uh, decided to go about it that way, and uh, this is what it's going to look like now. So, plus it's a little more laid back this way. Like I said, I don't have to stare at a computer screen the whole time. Um, but here we're back. We're back with the podcast, and I know there's a lot of people uh, who've been asking where I've been. Uh, for those of you who don't know, those of you who are tuning in, maybe for the first time, uh, my, my day job, uh, I work at a grain elevator in Kansas. So uh, every summer during wheat harvest, uh, I end up having to take a couple of few months off and, and take care of all that. And then I get to come back. Uh, and the running joke is harvest is when they need me the most. So uh, I'm back. Uh, yeah, we're coming up on fall harvest, but I'm still able to work on the podcast and stuff during that time. So uh, still be able to sit down, still be able to talk Star Wars with you guys uh, and, and, and whatnot. And coming up soon, guys, it's going to be a lot easier to follow the Star Wars Canon podcast. Uh, for those of you who don't know, who maybe, like I said, are tuning in for the first time uh, and, and haven't heard about this passion project of mine. Uh, for the last year, year and a half, I have been working on the Star Wars Canon Library mobile app. That's the final name for it. I finally landed on it. It's been the Star Wars Canon mobile app, the Star Wars Canon podcast mobile app, just Star Wars Canon podcast, and I think I finally landed on the Star Wars Canon Library mobile app. It's a little bit of a, it's a mouthful, I know it is, but um, I've been working on that for a year and a half. I've even put out a video on this channel, on the YouTube channel for the podcast, uh, kind of showing some of the functionality of it and, and some of the features. Uh, I can finally announce to you guys that this mobile app is finished. I actually have it finished. I'm smiling saying it. If you're not watching the video version, you can't see it. I'm smiling saying that. Because, I, like I said, I've been working on it for a year and a half. It's something that I've poured myself into. And there were times I really didn't think I was going to get to the light at the end of the tunnel. I couldn't even see it yet. Uh, but in the last month, month and a half, I've been uh, 
I've been seeing that light grow a little bit brighter at the end, and I finally got it finished. And uh, this is being recorded on Thursday. The I don't remember what date it is right now, but today's Thursday. This is probably going to air on Saturday. So uh, I'm recording this on Thursday. Uh, and as of this morning, it was submitted to Google to be added to the Google Play Store. So I'm just waiting on notification back. I'm waiting on an email from Google saying that it is available. So it is ready to go. Now that mobile app is going to be updated every Sunday. Kirsty and I were trying to talk about what day what day of the week would make sense for me to update it. And I think Sunday is going to make the most sense because, you know, you've got comics coming out on Wednesdays. You've got books coming out on Tuesdays. Most of the Disney Plus stuff is coming out on a Friday. So if we just do it on a Sunday, you know, and, and get the new podcast put on it and everything like that, then that's the that's the perfect time, I think, to update all that. Because we're going to be talking about everything Saturday night anyway that's come out. But for those people who don't want to listen to the podcast, not into podcast or whatever, uh, that app will be updated on Sundays. Now, for those of you who are wondering what's going to be in this app, this is the final list uh, as of now. I, eventually, there's going to be more stuff added to it. But as of right now, this is the final list of all the features it's going to have, everything you can do through this app, everything that it's going to have packed into it. And guys, that's a lot. <clears throat> excuse me. Hey, real quick, uh, just as a side note, uh, please excuse any coughing. Uh, I did uh, come off the COVID like two or three weeks ago. Uh, I did end up getting it. So uh, I've come off of that, and they said I'm going to have a cough for like a month. So it's it's just please forgive me if there's a, a little bit of a cough. And I, I may go through and try to edit them out. I might not. I don't know. if They're not that bad. But anyway, please forgive me if I don't mean to cough in anybody's ear, but it's just a, a lingering side effect of it, I guess you could say. So uh, this mobile app is going to have a link to this podcast so that you can listen to it in app. If Because there's a lot of people I know listen to the audio-only version of it on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, stuff like that. So that app, I'm sorry, that app will have... Uh, this podcast on it, just the audio version for you to listen to, no problem, listen to it right there in app. It will have a link to the YouTube channel, because I know that there's viewers out there who prefer the YouTube videos and the clips of the podcast, so that you can actually have the visuals to go with it. I know a lot of people have told me they prefer that version of it. Uh, so there will be a link to the YouTube channel where you can watch all the YouTube videos in app. All right, that's going to be on there as well. And there's going to be a set of social media links for the podcast where you can submit a mailbag question, which we'll I've got some coming up toward the second half of the show we'll talk about. If you want to get a question on the podcast, you can send it that way. There's links to the Facebook and Twitter accounts on there, and there's also a link to the Patreon account, which I'm going to start posting more content on now that this thing is live and now that we're getting it all out. I and mean, we're going into season three of the podcast, so I, need to, I told Kirsty we're going to start putting some more stuff out that way. So there'll be links to all that. There will be... A Canon timeline, which this is the only part of the app that will be behind a paywall. The entire app will be free except for this. There'll be a $1.99 paywall. Uh, I know I said it was going to be like a dollar, but because of the app builder I'm using, $1.99 is what it's going to have to be. Uh, that timeline has everything on it broken down by story arc, uh, year, age, because it's age of Republic, age of Rebellion, age of Resistance. It's all on there. Uh, it's all broken down uh, that way, and it's also color-coded by medium. So all the animation stuff, I think, is red. Novels are blue, if I'm not mistaken. Films are yellow. Comics are orange, stuff like that. Short stories are green. Video games are purple, I think. So uh, that's the way that it's all broken down. So it's really, really hard to kind of get lost going that route. You know what I mean? So 
Uh, I did put out a beta a while back, uh, just a few weeks ago, actually. Uh, and I got a lot of positive feedback on the timeline, uh, a couple of, of ideas that I think I'm going to uh, integrate into it later on as far as links and stuff like that. But for right now, uh, so far, everybody has been really, really happy with it. So the timeline will be on there. And like I said, that part will be the only part yet that, that will have to be paid for. And like I said, $1.99. Uh, there will also be links for every single piece of Star Wars canon material on there of where you can go online to purchase it. You don't purchase it from the app. You purchase it through the app, if that makes any sense. Uh, all I've done for this app, I haven't, I don't have a store or anything. Uh, all I've done is compiled all of the links necessary for you to be able to find all canon material in one place. So that goes for novels, comic books, animation, everything. It's all going to be on there. Video games, it's all on there. Um, every novel, every comic issue, everything. So... There's two different lists for novels. There is alphabetical and the order they released. I know quite a few people were asking for a way to switch between uh, an, an alphabetical list of novels and a list of what order they were released in. So I did put both of those on there as well. That's on there. Uh, and like I said, links to where you can get almost any version of the book you want, whether it be hardback shipped to your house, paperback shipped to your house, audible on your phone or mobile device, ebook on your phone or mobile device, any way you possible you can you can read it, you'll be able to find it through this app. Uh, same thing with the comics. Every single one of the comic links is for digital and uh, they all go through Comixology now. So you'll be able to go through and get all of your comics, keep them all in one place on one website so you don't have to bounce all over the place and read them all. Uh, you can go right through the list on the app, pick out what you want, and just you can go through and purchase them on Comixology that way. So they're really, really easy to have them all in one spot. Easy to find all of them, everything. Uh, so I've got the list of everything you can purchase. Uh, I've also put on a community page. Uh, this community page is basically kind of like a Facebook feed where you guys can post pictures of what you're reading. You can post your own reviews. Uh, you can talk about Star Wars in general. That's that, that that's all it's going to be. I'm, I'm hoping to build a really great community around this mobile app. The same way the community around this podcast has formed and the Facebook page and YouTube channel, I'm hoping that the same kind of community, if not the same community, uh, will form around this mobile app. And, and I, I'm going to tell you guys, I'm going to be watching that feed very closely uh, to make sure when something new is getting ready to come out, that there's no spoilers being put out for everybody else. Make sure everybody's being very civil because there are a few bad apples uh, in the Star Wars fandom now who tried to ruin it for everybody else. So I'm going to go through and make sure, I'm going to check it on a, on a regular basis to make sure uh, that nobody is doing anything like that. Nobody is name-calling or you know putting anybody down for a difference of opinion, anything like that. So that will be on there as well. And a matter of fact, I had Kirsty get on my App Builder previewer last week. And she was posting some pictures and stuff just to make sure it was going to work and everything like that. And it's going to work just fine. It, 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 as a matter of fact, I think I'm going to leave those posts on there so that when the app goes live, you guys can kind of look at it and see how it works and stuff like that. Uh, but that will be on there as well. And then also there's a tab toward the bottom uh, that is dedicated to you guys. The This app is the product of a successful Kickstarter campaign. Uh, back in, I think, May... Uh, May or June, I think May, I started a Kickstarter campaign for the mobile app, and I was trying to raise $1,000, and yeah, I know $1,000 isn't a lot for a Kickstarter campaign, because, I mean, there's people that make hundreds of thousands of dollars for the project, um, 
but I, I started a Kickstarter campaign, and over the course of the next month, you guys blew me away with your generosity and your donations and 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 your support. Uh, I know a lot of people said they wished that they could have helped support it, but they sent great vibes my way anyway as a help. And believe me, that did matter to me. Um, and we made our mark. We we be, we 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 did it. We we funded the app. And uh, guys, I you you have no idea what that means to me. I know I say it all the time, every episode. You guys do not know what that means to me. Thank you guys so much for believing in this in this in this mobile app and believing in me and 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 making sure that this thing sees the light of day and and a matter of fact uh today i was talking to some of the tech support guys on the app builder that i'm using and the guy i was talking to uh his name's i think it was tim uh was like dude and as an aside i told him you know thank you for all the help everything like that he's like no problem he goes as an aside i'm gonna circle back and check out your mobile app as a consumer because i'm a huge star wars fan and this looks absolutely awesome. And then we ended up talking back and forth on the tech support chat uh, for the next several minutes just about Star Wars in general. So uh, it, it's it's something that I think a lot of people are excited about. And I think it's something that the fandom needs. I think it's something because a lot of people have a hard time keeping up with all this canon stuff. And I think this is this is a great way to do it. But I'm circling back around. The final app is the final tab on the app is for you guys. Um, for anybody who donated to the Kickstarter campaign, there is a list on there and a thank you um, to each and every single person who donated and a list of all of your names. Your guys' names are officially attached to this app physically so that you, I mean, that's that's honestly the best thank you I can give you. That is, that's the absolute, uh, to immortalize your name on this mobile app. Uh, you guys will always be attached to it. This is your baby just as much as it is mine. Um, so I wanted to thank you guys by doing that. So that tab is on there as well. So that's everything that this, uh, this uh, mobile app's going to have. And like I said, I'm going to update it every week. The timeline, new stuff coming. Oh, and there's a tab also. I forgot to tell you, there's a, there's a tab for upcoming canon. So all the future issues of comic books, all the future novels, everything like that, that's all on there as well with release dates so you guys know what's coming up. So uh, that is all that's going to be on this app. I'm very excited to get it out for you guys. Um, and Kirsty and I have been talking about doing a, a uh, an, I don't want to say an app store, uh, just, just, I guess an online store for merchandise for the podcast, whether it be t-shirts, keychains, whatever. Um, cause I think come tax season, we're going to end up investing in a piece of machinery, uh, that can help us do a lot of that stuff and, and it'll be used for a lot of her stuff. And then I can use it for a lot of my stuff as well. So keep an eye out for that. I do believe we're going to be adding that to it, uh, hopefully spring or summer of next year. So, uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, guys, that's really all I've got before we get into the news. I've got so much to talk about in the way of news. Uh, it's been three or four months since I've released an episode of the podcast. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, so there's, there's a lot to talk about. And, and a lot of this stuff you guys have probably already heard and read in other places, and you've already got all the details. Uh, but I figured I would go through it real quick. I was going through kind of getting the details on it because I haven't really caught up on a lot of it lately. Uh, but I've got... Some of the bigger stuff picked out. I don't have everything by by any means, but I've got uh, quite a few stories to go through. Uh, and then once we get through these stories, we will do Canon Spotlight. I've got a piece of Canon material I want to talk to you guys about and review. Uh, and then we'll get into some mailbag questions. So the first thing on the news docket this week uh, that, I, that I'd like to uh, talk about, High Republic material has been pushed back to 2021. Lucasfilm cited the delay is so that the launch is as grand and epic as it deserves to be. 
Uh, and and honestly, well, I'll, I'll tell you in a second. Uh, the Light of the Jedi and A Test of Courage, which were supposed to be the first two novels that were released this month, uh, have been pushed back to January 5th, 2021. Uh, and Into the Dark uh, by Claudia Gray is slated for February 2nd, 2021. So uh, they're going to be kicking it off at the beginning of next year. Uh, honestly, the, the only reason I can think of them pushing this back is I know that they're saying that this is going to be a huge initiative, this huge crossover thing between comics and novels and all this other stuff. Uh, and the comics really got put on delay because of the whole COVID thing going on. And we went, what, two, I think two months there where no comics got released at all. Uh, I think that had a lot to do with it because I, I can't see them pushing their comics back and then the novels coming out and then the comics afterwards. Because I know IDW is doing a comic and I know Marvel's doing a comic series. Uh, and I think they wanted it all to come out at the same time. So because everything got pushed back, I think that's why these novels got pushed back as well. But I'm very excited about the High Republic stuff. I think the first chapter of uh, Light of the Jedi is online now. I, th I do think they released the first chapter. I'm very, very excited about this. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, I, I, I can't wait. And, and honestly, February is not that, or I'm sorry, January is really not that far away. We're in August now. I mean, we're four months away from that. That'll. I mean, we've got plenty of stuff coming out between now and then to keep us occupied until this comes out. And I'm very, very excited about this. Uh, and, and I mean, there, what else is coming out this this uh, fall and, and winter? I know Free Fall, Poe Dameron Free Fall just came out. I know Dark Legends just came out, which I have to order both of those still. Uh, I know Timothy Zahn's novel, the first of the new Thrawn trilogy, is coming out in September. We've got plenty of stuff to keep us occupied until this comes out. So... Uh, I'm very, very excited about it, and I, and I cannot wait for the High Republic stuff. It sounds awesome. I read the the creative director of Lucasfilm Publishing put out a letter, and I wish I had written the letter down so I could read it to you guys, but he was talking about some of the details about uh, the uh, High Republic era and some of the clans like the uh, the Staros clan and the Santeca clan, which we've heard both of those names before if you keep up on Star Wars canon. So I'm very excited to see what kind of ties it's going to have to the saga that we know and the time period that we know. Because remember, this is 200 years before the prequels. So this is going to be a new time period and whatnot. I'm very, very excited about it. Can't wait. Uh, so that that's High Republic. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about, Timothy Zahn's Chaos Rising has been moved up to September 1st, 2020. Uh, even though the High Republic stuff got pushed back, they moved up the first book of Timothy Zahn's new Thrawn trilogy. I'm really, really excited about this one, too. It, the the uh, new trilogy will be giving some insight into Thrawn's background with the Chiss, which I know a lot of people have really been wondering about. Uh, you know, we, the first time we see Thrawn in canon right now, chronologically, not release date-wise, but chronologically, uh, is, you know, when he's found by the Empire, and he's got the long hair, and he's wearing the rags and whatnot, and he sneaks on board Star Destroyer. Absolutely awesome. So what led up to that moment? What is his history with the Chiss? We got a little bit of a glimpse of it in Thrawn Treason, uh, and, and, and I really want to explore that some more, so I'm really excited about this uh, trilogy of novels. And the fact that they're announcing off the bat that it's a trilogy is awesome. I cannot wait. You know, I mean, they're, they're starting... I think Lucasfilm is starting to get the idea i shouldn't say get the idea i think they're starting to realize that making a plan and then sitting down and executing it is the best route to go and this high republic stuff is is evidence of that the fact that they're really sitting down doing storyboards and, and concept art for these characters and everything is awesome uh but you know we've we've got this timothy zahn trilogy coming 
we've got the Alphabet Squadron trilogy going right now, which I'm in the middle of the second book right now. Uh, you know, we had the Aftermath trilogy. Because I, I used to get a lot of questions about when are we going to start getting series inside the canon, different book series and stuff. And and we, we are getting them now. Uh, whether we, we had the first Thrawn trilogy, there's there's so many, you know, and, and we'll talk about Queen's Peril here in a little bit, but Queen's Shadow and Queen's Peril, that's a duology at this point, you know what I mean? So I'm really excited to see more Thrawn. The only thing that I wish Timothy Zahn would do, though, is step outside of the character of Thrawn. Now, don't get me, I don't want anybody else writing Thrawn except for Timothy Zahn. But I would like to see Timothy Zahn step out and create some new characters in canon. You know, somebody, I don't want to, I don't want another Thrawn. I don't want another character that is just like Thrawn. But I want to see what he can do with maybe some other characters. You know what I mean? So I do want to see Timothy Zahn step out. I'm not going to complain, though. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to tear my shirt and scream at the sky uh, if he's announcing more and more Thrawn books. So that I'm excited for. September 1st, uh, that's, guys, that's like three weeks away. This book's coming out in three weeks. I've got so much i got to get caught up on. Because like I said, I'm reading uh, the second book of, Al of Alphabet Squadron right now, Shadowfall. And then I still have to order Dark Legends and Poe Dameron uh, Freefall. i got to read both of those before this comes out on September 1st because I'm going to want to go right into this one. Uh, moving on, The Empire Strikes Back is getting the From a Certain Point of View treatment. They have announced that just like Star Wars did back in 2017... Uh, the Empire Strikes Back will be getting 40 short stories celebrating 40 years of The Empire Strikes Back. And and they come out with a list of authors. There's a lot of authors on there I've never heard of before. So I'll be interested to see kind of what some of their material looks like, what some of their stories, what some of their writing styles look like. Now, remember, just because these people have never been heard of before does not, as far as Star Wars goes, I'm sure people have heard of them. I don't mean it like that. Uh, just because we've never heard of them as Star Wars readers does not mean they're not good authors. I'm very excited to see what there is. And and some of these could be test runs for some authors to see if they want to do something bigger down the line. You know, think about Claudia Gray. Uh, she had a short story in the Star Wars from a certain point of view called Master and Apprentice about Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. And then she ended up moving on to write a Del Rey novel called Master and Apprentice that was an Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon novel. Different time period, yes. But the dynamic of the characters were st was still there. So there's a lot of stuff that could come of some of these short stories. I really enjoyed the first from a certain point of view, uh, except for the cantina. <laughs> and anybody who's read it knows what I'm talking about. It seemed like half of the book was cantina. And every time you finished a cantina story, you're like, thank God, let's move on. And then it was another cantina story over and over and over. And I remember saying before that book came out, one of the things I was excited for was to see the story from different points of view in the cantina. And when I got to it, that was my least favorite part of the book. So I'm, I'm really excited about The Empire Strikes Back, considering that, for a lot of people, is the best Star Wars film to date. Uh, I'm really excited to see it from different points of view and stuff like that. And there's a lot. There, I, I guarantee, I can't think of his name right now, but the guy that runs through Cloud City carrying the ice cream maker... I guarantee he's going to have a short story in this book. I cannot, I can't remember his name right now, and you guys are probably screaming at me because I can't think of it. Uh, but I, I guarantee he's going to end up having a story in this. I can't wait for it. And you know in three years, in 2023, we're going to end up getting, from a certain point of view, Return of the Jedi. I think it's pretty obvious at this point we're going to be getting that one as well. And we're probably going to be in Jabba's Palace for half the book, most likely. <laughs> just, just saying so. Um, that hasn't gotten a release date yet. So as soon as that release date is announced, I'll let you guys know, I'll throw it up on the mobile app and, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about it on the podcast. Uh, 
moving on, something that I was really excited for when I first heard about this, and I'm still really excited for it. Uh, it was announced the next EA video game coming out is Star Wars Squadrons. Uh, it has been announced. It says, take full control of different starfighter classes from both the New Republic and Imperial fleets, such as the X-Wing and TIE Fighter. Modify your ship, divert the power between its systems, and destroy your opponents in strategic space dogfights. Compete in intense 5v5 dogfights. Unite with your squadron to tip the scales in monumental fleet battles and take off in a thrilling Star Wars single-player story. Immerse yourself in the pilot seat completely with the option to play the entirety of Star Wars Squadrons in virtual reality on PS4 and PC with cross-play support. Due out on October 2nd, 2020. Guys, that is coming up faster than anything. I cannot wait to get my hands on this damn game. I cannot wait to get my hands on this. This sounds freaking awesome. And the fact that we're getting a single player story with it, I think they're start I think EA's starting to realize too that's what we want. You know, the first Battlefront came out there was no story to it. It was just a bunch of multiplayer ma uh, battle maps. That's really all it was. You know, we got Battlefront 2, in my opinion, had an amazing campaign to it. Short, but amazing campaign to it. Told a great story about characters that I cared about because I'd read their novel. Uh, Battlefront 2 Inferno Squad. I really cared about the characters. I was invested in those characters. I wanted to see where they ended up, and I wasn't disappointed. Jedi Fallen Order come along, told a story that I cared about with excellent gameplay, which I still say to this day is the best Star Wars game we've gotten since Knights of the Old Republic. Not better than Knights of the Old Republic. I, people yell at me all the time for that. Since Knights of the Old Republic. I absolutely loved Jedi Fallen Order. I need to go back, now that we've had the update for Fallen Order and got New Game Plus and stuff, I need to go back and just do another playthrough of New Game Plus and put it on the channel because I got halfway through my gameplay uh, videos and my game ended up crashing on me and I ended up giving up on it because it was just, it was a pain in my ass. But I need to go back and redo it. But the fact that this has got a, 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 a single player story with it is amazing to me. It's absolutely amazing to me. And, and and being able to get into a squad of five and work together to take down the other squad, that, that's going to be amazing. And the fact that you can play it in PSVR is incredible. I, I've already told Kirsty I need to get a PSVR so I can get the Vader Immortal uh, episodes, which I am going to do a video of Vader Immortal when I get it, uh, of the gameplay and of me standing in my living room looking like an idiot because a lot of people have asked actually asked for that. So... Uh, I am going to be doing that as well, but I've got to play this game in VR. I, I was telling Kirsty while I was putting these show notes together, it's got to be amazing playing an X-Wing game, a TIE Fighter game, in a VR headset. That's going to be absolutely amazing. No idea what the story is going to be about yet. I feel like it's going to go right along the lines with, <coughs> excuse me, with uh, the Alphabet Squadron. It just seems like that it's going to go along, because it takes place during the same time period maybe it won't cross with them at all but it's kind of the vibes i'm getting off of it very very excited for it. and like i said it's due out on october 2nd guys that's a month and a half away that's going to be here before we know it cannot wait for it absolutely amazing uh this next batch of news i want to talk about <laughs> i didn't mean to do that pun no pun intended uh next batch of news uh was a surprise uh, uh a big surprise whenever this news broke uh Lucasfilm has announced a new animated spinoff series, The Bad Batch. 
which will be continuing the story of the Bad Batch from the final season of Clone Wars. Uh, so Kirsty and I finally have caught up on Clone Wars. We're finally finished with it. We finally watched the last season. And the Bad Batch, I look, I've, I've heard a lot of people, I've seen a lot of people on Facebook, on social media. I, I've seen both sides of the argument. People loving Bad Batch, people hating Bad Batch. Some people saying, eh, I really didn't care for it, whatever. I, I you know, whatever. Kirsty and I loved the Bad Batch. I remember I, I sent Kirsty the news article saying that this had been announced. And all I got back was, oh my effing God, are you freaking serious? You have no idea how excited I am right now. Kirsty loved the Bad Batch. I loved the Bad Batch. I was laughing my ass off at some of the stuff that they were saying in those first few episodes of the new season. The fact that they're getting their own series, uh, it, it's cool. It's going to be cool to see more and more of them. I'm curious to see how they're going to do this. This is this is what they uh, have have described the series as. It says the series will follow the elite and experimental clones of Bad Batch, first introduced in the Clone Wars, as they find their way in a rapidly changing galaxy and the immediate aftermath of the Clone War. Members of Bad Batch, a unique squad of clones who vary genetically from their brothers in the Clone Army, each possess a singular exceptional skill, which makes them extraordinarily effective soldiers and a formidable crew. In the post-Clone War era, they will take on daring mercenary missions as they struggle to stay afloat and find new purpose. This is, this sounds awesome. And, and remember, Echo is with them now. Uh, spoiler alert. Oh, crap. I probably shouldn't have said that yet. Spoiler alert for those of you who haven't seen Season 7 of Clone Wars. Maybe I was the only person in the world that hadn't seen it yet. But Echo is now with, with Bad Badge. Uh, he was still alive. Uh, and and I, I'm, I'm excited as hell. I cannot wait for Bad Batch to come. This is going to be absolutely amazing. Uh, I think they did have the release date, but I don't remember what it was. I didn't write it down, so I'll have to get back with you guys on that. Uh, but cannot wait for this series. Absolutely. And, and, you know, one of the things Kirsty and I was talking about was, you know, Kirsty said, do you think they'll change the animation of them? Probably. They're probably going to change the animation up a little bit, the same way they did between Clone Wars, Rebels, each, and you know, Resistance. Each series kind of has its own signature look, and I'm and I wouldn't be surprised if Bad Batch is the same way. But they, those guys were cool. I mean, I was laughing my ass off of those guys. You had one guy look like Rambo. You know what I mean? Like it was just absolutely awesome to see these guys come together and the way they work together with no Jedi General. You know what I mean? So, uh, Bad Batch is getting their own series. Next bit of news. Next three Star Wars films have been pushed back to December 22nd, 2023, December 19th, 2025, and December 17th, 2027. These are the next three Star Wars films we are going to be getting. They're not a trilogy. Uh, supposedly, none of the th those three have anything to do with the others. Uh, the only projects that we know of at this point that have been announced that we know are coming for sure. Uh, Taika Waititi is doing a film. Kevin Feige is producing a film. And then we're still getting the Ryan Johnson trilogy. Whether you like it or not, it's happening. Ryan Johnson's still getting his trilogy. I'm starting to wonder, though, if because the, you know they said this is not going to be a trilogy, I wonder, I, I've been wondering, everybody keeps talking about the Kevin Feige film and the Taika Waititi film. What if they're the same film? What I mean, they've worked together before, obviously, in the MCU, so why wouldn't they work together on a film now? You know what I mean? So there's there's and I maybe I missed something. If you guys know of an article somewhere that has talked about them being two separate projects, let me know. I'd love to read that. I want to make sure I'm giving you guys the right info. But yeah, I, I there's a possibility, I guess, that those could be the same uh, project. 
But like I said, this isn't going to be a trilogy, and they I think they just moved everything back a year. Each one moved it back a year because of the COVID thing. Uh, so I'm look three years from now. Yeah, that's a hell of a wait, but it's the same wait we did from 2012 to 2015 for Force Awakens. Uh, so it, it'll be here before you know it. The day will come. We'll get more Star Wars movies, and because they've got enough time, maybe they can actually sit down and do these films justice because they're not a trilogy. I don't know. Maybe, you know, two of them will have something to do with each other. Maybe not, but maybe they can actually sit down and make these films the right way way, you know, in a way where fans will appreciate the effort put into them and maybe make them look a little more like star Wars or, you know, sound or feel a little more like star Wars. Cause I've talked to a lot of people that really did not like the sequel trilogy at all. Said it didn't feel like star Wars at all. Didn't even look like star Wars. And I, I, I kind of see where they're coming from. I didn't mind the sequel trilogy that much. I just don't think it should be called a trilogy. You know what I mean? If it was just three standalone films, but whatever. Uh, hopefully, uh, Lucasfilm is kind of finding their way, if if that makes any sense. Maybe they're maybe they're done going going through their growing pains, and maybe they've they've got on a straight and narrow. We'll see. You know, I'm sure there's people gonna be trashing it, no matter what, until it comes out, and even after, but. Let's give it the benefit of a doubt, guys. Let's get behind this stuff. I'm really, really excited for these three films. And I, I, I it, like I said, 2023 is going to be here before we know it. And we've got plenty to keep us occupied until then. I mean, hell, we've got Disney Plus now. We're going to have Mandalorian Season 2, probably Season 3 coming out immediately after that. The Obi-Wan series is coming. Casting Andor series is coming. There's a rumor of a Lando series coming now. <clears throat> Excuse me. So there's there's plenty to look forward to. As far as Star Wars goes, plus books and novels, the High Republic thing is coming out. Uh, the, the comics, you know, there's there's and, and the comics are really starting to ramp up. I'll say that. So there's plenty of stuff coming out to keep us occupied until that time. So uh, we'll we'll have to wait and see how that goes. Uh, the next thing on my list, the Mandalorian, an original novel, has been pushed back to fall 2021. I don't know when this was originally supposed to come out, uh, but they are doing an original novel with the Mandalorian. Apparently, he's going to have a bigger role to play in the galaxy than just what the show can show. Uh, and so I'm really, really excited about that. I don't even know who's writing that yet, uh, but I'm very, very excited for that novel. And 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 to see that character in another light, uh, you know, between uh, the show and the novel and whatnot. Uh, so that's really all I got for news right now. Uh, before I get into mailback questions, I want to talk to you guys. Uh, I, I want to do Canon Spotlight. We're going to uh, talk about a piece of Canon material. That has just recently come out. Uh, I was able to sit down and read this novel. I finally got caught up on it. Uh, and uh, I'm going to be talking about Queen's Peril by E.K. Johnston. Uh, this is a prequel book to Queen's Shadow by the same author. Queen's Shadow, I really enjoyed. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it. It was kind of one of those pleasant surprise novels. Uh, but I, I really, really enjoyed Queen's Shadow. It really gave an insight into Padme and her handmaidens, kind of the way that they worked, uh, kind of her relationship with Sabe, which was she was played by Keira Knightley in the, in the movies. Uh, and, and kind of the way that, you know, her... her and for me, it's weird because I'm not into this stuff at all, but the way her dresses were built where she could escape quickly if she wanted to, how they had escape hatches and whatnot... Uh, and, and how they did some of their plans and how they snuck around and switched places, you know, and, and the way they were testing it on people and people didn't realize it. And there were parts in Queen Shadow I laughed out loud reading, uh, especially when, if you've read it, you know what I'm talking about, when Bail Organa realizes what's going on with her and her handmaidens switching places. 
so I really, really enjoyed Queen's Shadow a lot. And, and that one took place after episode one when she was transitioning from Queen and being asked to be a senator. This one is a prequel to that, Queen's Peril, and it picks up before The Phantom Menace, and it's actually, it picks up with Padme's election as Queen. And uh, the way Captain Panaka went about putting together her handmaiden bodyguard service, stuff like that, the relationship between Padme and Panaka, and her handmaidens especially, uh, the way her and Sabe and Rabe and, and all the rest of them got, to get, you know, got along and whatnot, how they came up with some of their plans, uh, how each handmaiden had a different set of skills that she brought to the table when it came to protecting the queen. One was a seamstress, you know, stuff like that, so she could make the dresses, you know, lighter and the headdresses lighter and stuff like that. But everybody had their own set of skills, and 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 all the girls looked a lot like her, obviously. Uh, and it kind of their relationship. There were parts of this book that I really enjoyed because it's not just the queen. This book butts up and crosses over with uh, The Phantom Menace. That's not a spoiler. Uh, this book does cross over with The Phantom Menace from the Handmaiden's perspective, basically. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, the, the, the book picks up with her election, and I didn't realize that her election was so close to the events of episode one she had only been in office you know two three weeks four weeks five you know something like a month maybe before the events of episode one happened and the book was great i mean it bounced back and forth between the queen and then it would go to uh you know a part or two with darth maul you know you know, being contacted by sidious and you see all these background pieces kind of going into motion to start episode one you see the blockade actually begin the first time they realize they're being blockaded by the trade federation stuff like that uh but there's there's really cool character development in this book between panaka and padme the, the the queen and there's there's one interaction between the two that i mean padme lets panaka have it and she puts him in his place and and it's just to see these interactions is is awesome you know what i mean I really, really, really enjoyed this book leading up to the parts that started to cross over with episode one. At that point, the book kind of took a downhill spiral, and I was just waiting for it to get over with, to be completely honest. Uh, basically, the first two-thirds of the book is its own thing, talking about Padme and, and you know, and, and the way the handmaidens and everything got together and, and, and whatnot. Uh, and then... Uh, I'm not going to ruin all some of uh, a lot of it for you because there's there there are some things that happen in there, uh, but once it starts going into episode one, it, it lost me. It's just a a heavily abridged version of episode one from the handmaidens' point of view, uh, all the handmaidens' points of view, uh, and and it's just it it lost me at that point, uh, and and it, I mean it goes clean through. It just it like I said, it just lost me. It was just, I already knew that story. I already knew what happened. I didn't learn anything new from that part of the book. I just, I just didn't. So I really did enjoy the book though. If you guys, you guys got to go check this one out. If you, if you're big into the handmaiden stuff, you're big on the queen stuff. If you really liked queen shadow, go pick up this book. It was a good read. Uh, I don't want to say it was a great read, but it was a good read. There are some things in there. There's some nuggets in there that are kind of cool. Uh, there were some parts in there that I really rolled my eyes hard for. Uh, there, I mean, there was 
Uh, if you read it, you'll know what I'm talking about. It, it, there's teenage girls, 14-year-old girls, so there's certain things that are mentioned and talked about uh, that I told Kirsty. I was like, God, I, I can't believe that, that I'm reading this. But uh, it is what it is, uh, so definitely go check that one out if you're a big fan of Queen's Shadow. Uh, and I'm wondering if they're going to end up doing another Queen's book at some point to, to round this off as a trilogy. Maybe not. Maybe it'll just be a duology, but uh, you never know. So that is Queen's Peril by E.K. Johnston. All right, guys, let's get into some mailbag questions. I've got, uh, what, four questions? i got four questions for you guys tonight. How do you guys get a question on the Star Wars Canon Podcast? You can email it to me at starwarscanonpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, or you can send it to me on Anchor through a voice message. You can shoot me a Facebook message for all I care. I'll, I'll check that as well. Uh, once the mobile app is live, you'll be able to send me a question on there. Just click on the uh, Star Wars Canon Podcast tab and uh, click on Mailback Question. That's all you got to do to shoot me a message. Like I said, I got four questions this week, uh, and let's get into them. Question number one this week comes from Armando Casanova. And Armando says, hey, Brian, I absolutely love your podcast, and I'm very excited for the new app. It looks amazing. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Uh, Please keep up the great work. I had a question regarding Anakin's Force Ghost. From what I understand in the new canon, to become a Force Ghost, one has to go through a specific training. Example, Yoda and the Clone Wars. And then once they do, before they die, they disappear and become one with the Force. As we saw at the end of Return of the Jedi, Anakin appears as a Force ghost despite meeting none of these criteria, as I assume he did not do the training or disappear when he died. I find it hard to believe that Anakin did the training during the Clone Wars, and I did not think it was possible for him to do it as a Sith. In addition, why does he appear as he did in Revenge of the Sith? I always assumed it was because that is when, quote, the good died in him, unquote, but that doesn't fully make sense to me because when he died, he died believing in the light side in a sense. I have scavenged the internet looking for an answer, and the best I could find was that the new canon has not revealed the answer. My question is, do, you, do I have any misunderstandings with my knowledge about Force Ghosts? And if not, how did Anakin become a Force Ghost? If the answer is truly we do not know, I would love to hear your best guess at an answer. Thanks for the question, Armando. Yeah, this is something that... Uh, that has never really been explained in canon. There's never been an, ex- an, an official explanation as to why Anakin be- could, you know, become a Force ghost. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, but I will give you my best guess. This is this is kind of the way I look at it, and this is kind of um, my this is this is I guess you could say my head canon at this point. Until we get an official answer, this is my head canon. Uh, Anakin was the chosen one. So he was, I mean, he was supposed to be the most fi- a powerful force being in the galaxy at the time, uh, he, he supposedly. But Qui-Gon had not done the training either, if you think about it. That was something that he figured out after he had died. Uh, and, and those entities in Clone Wars, I don't remember what they were called, that were teaching Yoda, allowed Qui-Gon to come back. That, he, was, he was the one that they chose to be immortal after his death and, and to retain his individuality and whatnot. Uh, so Qui-Gon didn't have any training, which honestly, when you think about it, Qui-Gon was kind of a dick because of what he did. He was chosen as the one to be able to do this, but then he told everybody else how to do it. And then everybody figured out how to do it. Right. So yes, Yoda had to train to do it. Obi-Wan had to train to do it, but Qui-Gon really didn't, you know, and if, if Qui-Gon didn't have to, Anakin being as powerful as he was, uh, sure, I could see him coming back as a Force Ghost. As far as Vader disappearing when he died, as far as Anakin disappearing, 
uh, we didn't really see his body long enough to know if he disappeared or not. He, you know, when when Luke burned Vader's body, it might have just been the armor that he burned. You know, and it may not Vader's body may not have actually been there. I don't know that to be fact. It's just the, that's kind of the way I look at it. Uh, but if Anakin, I, I feel like Anakin had to be able to come back as a Force ghost. Now, why it was Hayden Christensen, George Lucas gave an answer one time, and it was basically because what you said, because that when the good died in him, his spirit stopped aging. And so when he turned back to the light side, he was still himself, and that was kind of uh, what what he what he uh, saw himself as. Now, we do know from, uh, from a certain point of view, the Master and Apprentice short story, when Qui-Gon came to Obi-Wan during the New Hope, it kind of went through the process a little bit of how Qui-Gon manifested himself and whatnot. And it does mention in there that the image you see of a Force ghost is the way that person saw themselves. So it's kind of like their self-image, kind of like what uh, the Matrix was, how you looked in, in, in the Matrix. If you remember the way uh, Morpheus described it to Neo, your, your self-image, that's kind of the way the Force ghost thing kind of works a little bit. Um, as far as canon goes, no, we don't have an actual explanation as to why Anakin was able to come back as a Force ghost. But that is basically the only reasoning that I can think of uh, in my head. You don't have any misunderstandings about it. Uh, that That's basically, there's there's no explanation for it yet. Um, and, you know, I, I really feel like they, they missed an opportunity not showing Hayden Christensen's Force ghost again uh, in, in the sequel trilogy. I really wish they had, they had done that. So... Uh, I hope that answers your question a little bit. I hope it kind of eases your, I don't want to say your frustration, but kind of eases your curiosity a little bit. That's basically the way I look at it. So uh, thanks for sending in the question, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for being a follower, man. Uh, and uh, thanks, man. I just I just thank you. Just thank you for being a, a viewer and a listener, man. I do appreciate it. Uh, question number two this week comes from Anthony Kane. Uh, and Anthony says, hey, Brian, I hope all is well with you and your family. Thank you, brother. I do appreciate it. Everything's real good here. Uh, first off, I love your show and passion. I just recently found the podcast and have been blitzing through the episodes. Great work all around. Thank you, man. I appreciate that very, very much. Uh, my question is rather random, but I've been listening to a lot of Star Wars content lately, and I hear some people say things like, this book is considered canon for now, or this is canon until Disney says otherwise. Is it common for Disney to take things out of canon? I just started really getting into Star Wars on my 16th canon book now, and I'm curious if I need to worry about the stories I am investing in now being removed or changed in the future. Some people seem to discuss this as if it is not an uncommon practice, and it had me a little confused. Any clarification would be appreciated. Thanks for the question, Anthony. Uh, so, no. no okay, so let, me, let me go through your question a little bit here. Um, no, it is not common for Disney to decanonize stuff. Nothing, okay, there's 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 individual instances of retconning, but there's no decanonization, if, if, if you get what I'm saying. Everything that has come out since the beginning of the, the, uh, the new canon is canon. There's Nothing has been taken out of canon. Uh, there have been little instances of retconning, which I think we'll talk about in another question here in a minute. But there's, everything is still canon. Uh, a lot of the... Look, there's a lot of YouTube channels out there, and I don't want to point any fingers. I'm not saying that's what these guys are doing that you've seen. There are a lot of YouTube channels out there that get their viewers and get their views off of simply bashing anything and everything Disney does. 
I'm not saying that's what these guys are doing, but it seems to be the common practice that that's that seems to be how you get more and more views. Matter of fact, I've gotten questions before, uh, mailbag questions saying that if I, you know, kind of changed my reviews of stuff a little bit and focus more on legends instead of this bullcrap Disney stuff, I would have more views and 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 whatnot like that. And and it, it's sad to see fans saying stuff like that. You know what I mean? No, it's not a common practice. There are a couple things. Look, when you have an interwoven universe like this between 11 films, 50-some-odd novels so far, and, and 500 issues of comics and video games and TV shows, eventually you're going to come across something <coughs> Excuse me, that does not line up with something else. Eventually it's going to happen, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, as long as it's nothing that is such a big deal as like a character dying and then them popping up later on, as long as it's nothing like that, which that did happen in the EU in the new Canon, nothing like that has happened yet. But some of the retconning instances were like, um, there was a scene in the novel for the force awakens where Ray and Poe met for the first time. And that scene was Canon. It was Canon. Uh, and, and after the, the Force Awakens came out, everybody ran around with this whole, you know, let's see if Poe and Finn get together to be the first gay couple and all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And we want Finn and Ray to get together. And, and it was just everybody ran rampant with who was going to end up with who, right? So I feel like Lucasfilm looked at that and was like, mm, nobody read the book apparently and saw that they met and that they kind of had this little bit of a connection, which ended up not going anywhere anyway for any of them. And so let's just stick it at the end of The Last Jedi and we'll retcon that part of the novel and we'll just put it in Last Jedi so that people see it, you know, that they meet for the first time. So that's an instance of retconning. Uh, we're going to talk about the Ahsoka stuff here in a little bit. Um, between the final season of Clone Wars and the Ahsoka novel, there was some retconning there. But it doesn't make the entire piece that that scene was in non-canon. It doesn't do that. It's simply that one little scene that has been retconned now. Nothing has been decanonized. Nothing has been decanonized. I don't care what anybody tells you. No, the, the, only, mm, the only instance where something went back and forth was the Adventures in Wild Space books by Edgemont Publishing. That was like a little series of like six or seven little tiny like kids' novels that were their own self-contained story. Those went back and forth so much because... I mean, when they were written, Edgemont tried saying, well, they came out, so they're canon. And Lucasfilm was like, well, those weren't sanctioned, so you really can't publish them. And I think there were some legal loopholes where Edgemont was able to put them out. So Disney was like, fine, we have to make them canon now. So they made them canon, and, and, and now they are canon. So there's been some back and forth with those, with legal issues, but I think as of now, they're canon. But that is the only instance in the new canon where something has been taken back out. There are instances where there's kind of like legend stuff, not like not not like EU legends, but there are legends in canon, kind of like the myths and fables collection. And I'm sure like the dark legends uh, that just came out, I haven't read it yet, but I'm sure it's along the same lines where we don't know whether they happened or not. They're just legends within the Star Wars universe. Uh, legends of Luke Skywalker, some of those stories, I tend to believe the majority of those happen. There's a couple that I'm like, Mm -mm. <laughs> if you've read it, you know what I'm talking about. A sand flea telling Luke when to duck when he's fighting the Rancor. That seems a little far-fetched. So there's uh, there's some in there that, you know, you're like, well, did this happen or didn't it happen? 
And I don't mind having stuff like that in canon. It's fun to, 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 to play around with stuff like that. And basically, that's what the whole EU is to canon now. It's basically, well, did it happen or didn't it happen? That's basically all it is. So nothing has been decanonized. Everything is canon so far. The stories you're reading, yes, invest yourself in them. Get to know these characters. It's not going to matter in the long run. Because just like the EU fans, how they say, you know, well, forget the new stuff. We like this stuff. We like the EU stuff. That's what, we, that's what we're going to read from now on. When the day comes, God forbid, when they strike this canon down and they say none of it's canon anymore and they start over, we'll still have this set of canon that we can read and that we can enjoy. You know what I mean? And then if you want to go on with the new canon, you can do that too. And there'll be new characters and new stories to invest yourself in. There's nothing wrong with investing yourself in these stories, even if somewhere down the road they are taken out. Uh, there, there's a lot of good stuff in canon, man. And, and I know there's a lot of people that talk about how crappy the new canon is. That's not, I did a video a while back talking about how nobody hates everything in the new canon because that means you had to have read everything in the new canon and who's going to read all of this stuff if they hate it. You know what I mean? So there's good stuff. I mean, Lost Stars is absolutely amazing. That's universally received as the number one novel of all time. Uh, Lords of the Sith is really good, which we'll talk about in a minute too. Uh, I, there's, there's so much good stuff. Uh, in in the new canon, Bloodline, amazing novel. There's there's a lot of really really great stuff. So uh, keep reading, keep investing yourself in these characters, keep getting into these stories, man. You're gonna absolutely love where some of these go. You're 16 novels in, man. You've got so much more ahead of you that you're gonna get to read that is so good. I don't know what you've read and what you haven't read yet, but I know there's some really good stuff ahead of you. So keep reading, man. You're gonna enjoy all of it. I absolutely promise you that. Uh, thanks for the question, man. I do appreciate it. Question number three this week comes from Jamie Holbeach. And uh, Jamie says, Hey, Brian, I've started the Ahsoka novel, and there's been a few contradictions with the last season of Clone Wars. Not going to drop spoilers for you. But her lightsabers, as seen in the trailers, are blue. But in the novel, they were green when she fought Maul. And I've not read all of Ahsoka yet, but people are saying there are contradictions to how she survived Order 66, etc. So I was just wondering, is the novel Ahsoka still canon? Or are parts of it now non-canon? Thanks for the question, Jamie. Uh, and yeah, there's... The, I mean, it goes right along with the last question. Uh, yes, Ahsoka is still canon. That novel is still canon. This, this this, is what I was talking about with just like little instances of retconning here and there. So we finally watched the last season of Clone Wars. We finally got caught up with it. Holy crap, what a season, man. Holy... I'm going to say it. Holy shit. What a season, man. Absolutely amazing. I know a lot of people didn't really enjoy the whole arc with Ahsoka and the sisters in the middle of the season. I really enjoyed it for some reason. Like, I really, really liked that arc. Really got into it. And I was just like, oh my God, this is freaking amazing. Uh, so I really, really did like the new season of Clone Wars. Absolutely jaw-dropping finale. Absolutely jaw-dropping finale. Everything and that last arc was, I'm getting chills thinking about it, was bone chilling. Uh, Kirsty and I, before we watched the final season, sat down and rewatched Revenge of the Sith too. Because uh, the only spoiler I had dropped for me with season seven was that it crossed over with Revenge of the Sith. So we wanted to sit down and watch Revenge of the Sith again. And sure enough, when we started watching the last season, last arc, holy crap. You see the, I mean, the classic Lucasfilm lo uh, limited logo come up and the actual Star Wars theme, man, I'm getting chills thinking about it again. Uh, but it was just absolutely amazing. And you knew exactly when these events were taking place during Revenge of the Sith. Absolutely awesome. 
But as far as Ahsoka goes, when the whole thing, when Order 66 happens with Ahsoka, I I set forward on, on my couch, and I, I, I'm, I'm getting chills again. I set forward on my couch, and my jaw hit the floor, and I just, I took it all in. As it was happening, I shed tears. Like, I, I just watched it, and I just watched it happening. And absolutely jaw-dropping. While I was watching it, I had no thoughts whatsoever of the Ahsoka novel. None whatsoever about how different it was until it was finally all said and done. And I sat back and I was like, oh my God, it's over. And what a, what a final last like scene, dude. Are you kidding me? Jesus, never saw that coming in a million years. Uh, I won't spoil it for you. But you're right. That I went back after I started thinking about it because the Ahsoka novel had these little flashback scenes in it kind of covering uh, Ahsoka's basically Order 66 with Ahsoka. And, and yes, Maul was there for it. A lot of their dialogue was different. A lot of the details of the battle around them were different. And you're right, the lightsaber colors were different too. Uh, and and the way the, the battle went down and then how Ahsoka faked her death at the end of uh, the Clone Wars, not the series of the Clone Wars, but in the novel, the way she faked her death, her and Rex, um, and, and the way they, they kind of went off the radar. It's different from Clone Wars. Which version is canon? I'm going to go with the Clone Wars version. Uh, anything, the way, I, the way I kind of rank it in my head is anything visual trumps anything in a novel. So if you can see something, have, if, there's, if the same scene is in, a, is in a film and a novel and it's different in the novel than it is in the film, I take the film version as the canon version because you're you're physically watching it happen. That's just that's just the way I kind of look at it and the way I the way I think about it. So I'm going to go with <coughs> excuse me. I'm going to go with the Clone Wars version being canon. That doesn't make the Ahsoka novel non-canon. It just makes those scenes kind of retconned. The details are retconned as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I, I get why they changed it up. It was because it was supposed to be this big finale to Clone Wars and the novel had already come out. And think about it. When that novel came out, I don't think they had any plans to go back and finish Clone Wars yet. And and I, I don't think there were any plans for us to see something like that on screen. So when Dave Filoni came along and said, we're going to do this last season, but that story's already been told. And he probably went, damn it, we got to change it up some because I want people to be surprised. I want people to not see what's coming. You know what I mean? Even though he had talked at Celebration about you know, how she escaped on wolves and all this stuff, which none of that was canon. Now, obviously, none of that happened. Uh, which would have been cool to see wolves just tearing up clone troopers. That would have been amazing. But I, as far as I'm concerned, the Clone Wars version is canon. The Ahsoka novel, those details are nice to kind of think about and to kind of re reflect on. Um, but I, I, those I, I, those details are no longer canon as far as I'm concerned. When you, when you start talking about the flashback scenes in Ahsoka, just think back to... The, the Clone Wars series. That's honestly the best way I can think about it. Uh, the best way I can describe it. And honestly, it hasn't happened a whole lot uh, as far as the retconning thing goes. Uh, there there hasn't been a lot in Star Wars that has been retconned. Like I said, that, that one scene in Force Awakens in the novel and now the Ahsoka stuff, the, that pretty much seems to be the only stuff that was really hardcore retconned. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Oh, and actually there was something in Rise of Skywalker that was retconned as well. I think... Once the film came out, they realized, oh, crap, we messed up. We got to fix it. So they fixed it in the novel. And it was uh, when Zori Bliss tells Poe, you know, when you left to join the Resistance. Because Poe never left to join the Resistance. He left to join the New Republic. And then he joined the Resistance after that. 
in the novel, she says, when you ran off to join the war. So, uh, as far, yeah, the film version is still canon over the novel as far as I'm concerned. So it's kind of a, a retcon, I guess you could say. Uh, but it, like I said, that's going to happen. You know, I mean, people are going to mess up. They're going to, their details are going to slip through. It's going to happen. No, nobody's perfect. Humans are not perfect. You know, people keeping track of this stuff's not perfect. I'm not perfect. There's going to be times when you guys look at the mobile app and go, wait a second, I don't think that's right. And you're going to message me and be like, holy shit, you're right. And I'm going to fix it. You know what I mean? And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think it just basically comes down to human error. You know, so these authors, when they sit down to write these books, they don't know every little thing that is happening in canon. You know what I mean? And, and, and they used to, when, when the story group used to sit down with an author, I remember there was one instance, I don't remember what author it was. I think maybe it was Claudia Gray. It might've been Claudia Gray. She wanted to use a Star Destroyer and Pablo Hidalgo was like, no, 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 that Star Destroyer is on the other side of the galaxy at this point. So you got to change the name. And she's like, oh, okay. So she changed the name. They used to be that detailed with it. But since they disbanded the story group, this little stuff has, has happened here and there. You know what I mean? And like I said, I don't take the Clone Wars thing, the Soka thing as human error. I think that is just something that they didn't have plans to tell that story on screen when the novel was written. And when they went back to do it more cinematically, they wanted to surprise people. You know what I mean? So I basically, that's all I think that that was. But yeah, they ended up retconning a little bit of the novel. But uh, the novel itself, still canon. You can still enjoy that story. Absolutely great book. Go check it out, man, if you haven't already. So uh, I hope that answers your question, Jamie. Thanks for being a listener, man. Thanks for being a follower. Uh, and the last question this week comes from Yusef. Yusef, I think, I think, I think your name's Yusef, isn't it? Uh, Wally. Uh, Yusef and I have been talking back and forth a little bit lately. Uh, Yusef says, "Hey Brian and Richard, talking about Richard J. Uh, I'm sorry I couldn't provide you with feedback for the app beta. I'm really excited to see it live though. I had a question as I'm rewatching The Mandalorian, whether or not anyone revealed how the tracking fobs worked." Like how bounty hunters just got trackers which perfectly pinpointed the location of their bounty just like a video game. Also, I'm watching Clone Wars series for the first time as per your recommendation. And your review of Lords of the Sith was spot on. It doesn't overuse the Dark Lords even though it should be about them. It preserves a bit of the aura around them. Or maybe that's because I love them so much I'm emphasizing uh, they, the, the points I like. Haha, ha, uh, why do I always love the bad guys? You should definitely promote your book ranking more, and I'd love it if you ranked your favorite Star Wars villains, and by the way, whether or not you even consider them villains could be the topic of an entire episode. You know I love your podcast. Thanks for the question, Yusuf. Uh, yes, I think I am going to end up doing an episode on villains like that. I'm not going to answer that question just yet, that part of the question just yet. I think I'm going to try to get Mark Tolley on. Uh, to talk about Star Wars villains. He just did an entire series on his podcast, War of the Stars. You guys ought to go check it out. I, th I was on a couple of episodes talking uh, about the women of Star Wars with him. Uh, he went through and did this whole series on the uh, the the main uh, female characters from all the films. And it, and it was a fun series to sit and talk uh, to him and his co-host with. So definitely go check out that podcast as well. But I'm going to see if I can get Mark on to, uh, to talk about our favorite villains and what order we put them in. That's a great idea, man. I think we're going to do that. Uh, but the first part of your question about the tracking fobs, that is the one damn thing that I cannot figure out for the life of me is how those stupid things work. They're plot devices. I, I, I might have talked about it on the podcast before. I don't remember if I have or not. Uh, but they're plot devices. That's all they are. It makes bounty hunting. It's not a, a sport anymore. It's a chore. It's just, hey, it, it's it's Pokemon Go. 
it's the, the tracking fobs are basically Pokemon Go in the Star Wars universe. What is the point in Empire Strikes Back of hiring all these bounty hunters to track down the Millennium Falcon if Vader could just give them a fob that would just do, 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 hot cold? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, what is the point of them? I hate the fact that, and it took a few episodes for it to dawn on me. How do these damn things work? It's never been expi- explained how the fobs work. Nothing like that. The, <laughs> the only thing I can think of is that if somehow they're programmed with the DNA of the person they're supposed to track down, I have no idea how to answer this question. I have no idea, uh, except that they are tracking fobs. That's all. I mean, and the fact that John Favreau and Dave Filoni come up with these things is kind of beyond me because this is something I, I've never heard them talk about. Maybe, I don't know if Dave Filoni has talked about them in the gallery series on Disney+. Plus talking about the Mandalorian. I haven't watched all those episodes yet. So maybe he talked about it in there somewhere. But as far as I know, no, there's been no explanation as to how those work. And it takes bounty hunting. It takes, I mean, anybody could be a bounty hunter. A five-year-old kid finds a tracking fob on the ground and he's like, oh, I'm going to follow it till it stops beeping. And then when it stops beeping, he shanks the guy that's standing in front of him in the neck and then turns him in and he gets 20,000 credits. That's not bounty hunting. That's not bounty hunting. I mean, it's basically a fish finder when you're going to fish. That's that's basically what it is, you know? So, no, there's been no explanation to it. If you guys know of an explanation, let me know because that has bothered me also. And I've asked Kirsty, how do these damn things work? And, and you're right. It's just like a video game. It's basically a waypoint finder. And, and it's, it's irritating. And I hope it's something that we don't see moving forward. Uh, anymore and it's like i said it's a plot device because without that you wouldn't have everybody in the in the bounty hunters guild tracking down yoda and uh, this baby yoda and uh oh would you guys like my baby yoda you see him yeah jensen loved him but anyway uh I, i have no idea how they work none whatsoever like i said simply a plot device that's the only explanation that I am equipped to give you. So maybe this Mandalorian novel that's coming out next year will maybe explain that a little bit more. Maybe they'll explain it in season two of the Mandalorian. I don't know. Uh, So time will tell. So that's going to do it for mailbag questions this week, guys. Uh, Thank you guys and gals for tuning in this week. I sure appreciate it. If you're new to the podcast and you like what you hear, be sure to give me a follow on whatever app or site you're listening in on. Check out the YouTube channel for upcoming reviews, interviews, and reaction videos, as well as the Facebook page to stay up to date on what's going on with the Star Wars Canon Podcast. Be sure to check out the Patreon account as well if you'd like to help support the Canon Podcast. If you'd like to get a question on the podcast, you can send it in to Podcast at gmail.com. Or if you have the Anchor app, you can record a message and send it to me that way. Guys, keep an eye out for the Star Wars Canon Library mobile app. It should be coming out in the next week or so. Uh, definitely head out. I'll, I'll, I'll probably let you guys know on the next episode if it's live or not, but definitely go check it out. Tell your friends about it. Let's get the word out about this thing. Like I said, this is something I really think Star Wars fans need, and I think it's something that a lot of people are going to appreciate, and I really, really hope this thing blows up. So, uh, And not in a bad way. <laughs> Please, but, but just tell everybody about it, man. Get the word out about it. I know uh, somebody commented on the Facebook post about the uh, uh, for the update that I put up this morning on Facebook. Uh, they um, they commented and said they're going to post it to every Facebook group that they're in, Star Wars group they're in. That's awesome, man. I'm going to do what I can to get the word out about it, but hopefully this is going to be a normal tool for Star Wars fans. So 
Uh, all the links that you guys uh, are looking for can be found in the description of this episode. And like I said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And as always, may the Force be with you.